Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your girl, Maya Kay, and we are back with the second episode of The Maya Kay Show. Today, we are talking about character. Yes, character, how Jesus helps us develop our character, how us as writers or we as writers, we create great characters, and I'm just going to share some gems on how to build character. What I love with this topic that I am talking about today and how the Lord shaped it for me to present it to you all. It's very unique what he's doing with this podcast, period, period. But the way that he gave it to me and shaped it for today, it really resonated with me as I think back over my last 10 years and the journey that I've been on and the character development that he has put me through. I remember when I was working uh, back at the Constitution Center back home in Philadelphia, and I was a security officer, and I was talking to the our manager at the time. Um, he was our site manager, and I had already given my notice uh, that I was leaving, and I was going to California. I knew that the Lord had called me to Hollywood, and I just remember me saying this to him, and it stuck with me because he asked a question. I cannot remember the question, but I remember my answer. And I said, yeah, as a writer, um, because I had sold a few of my books to some of my coworkers, so he was aware of my story, my journey as a writer. And I said, you know, it's so crazy because I, I have to be honest, the greatest character development that I've ever worked on is my own. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's define character. Character is the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual. And if you're honest with yourself, and if we're all honest with ourselves, and we look out in the world, what we see a lot of today is a lack of character. The things that are going on in this world, based on this definition, the mental and moral qualities distinctive to an individual, we are seeing a major lack of morals play out in our world. But before we look outside and point fingers and say, oh, well, you know, they don't handle character. And, and that's that's OK. You know, we, we can we can do that a little bit. <laughs> um, we don't want to be too judgmental. But I understand like when you hear about all the murders and the senseless violence and you think about even the way um, the pandemic and the coronavirus was handled. It's crazy. Right. It's It's a lack of morality for so much wickedness to evade the earth at this time, though it was already written. But when I think about character, it's in everything we say and do. And what the Lord gave me about character and the development of our own character, especially us writers out there, we write characters and character development is so key to a book. It's so key when it comes to writing a novel, which I'm going to touch on in the writing portion of the podcast. But this is why this episode is so unique, because the way the Lord just put it all together and the way he wanted me to relay this message to you in reference to writing and character development and reference to our life story and how we hold the pen to build that character that we need. But for the first part, let's talk about Jesus. You know, that's my favorite person. (laughs) Y'all know how I feel. So. God, I thought it was interesting. God develops our character through people and relationships. And if we're honest, character development is not easy in life. It's not easy at all because we know that God will use the people we love, the people that we honor. He will use those people, whether it's your children, you know, your spouse, your parents, your siblings, the people you rock out with the most, your sister friends. And for my fellas listening, you know, he will use your bros. 
your fr- your frat brothers, your LBs, whatever it is. But if we're honest, our character is not really developed as much or on the level that I believe Christ wants us to achieve as much as possible while we're here, of course, with the Holy Spirit's help, than through our enemies, through the people that are not easy to love. It's all good when you know you're looking at your mate and it's like they just did something real dope for you. Maybe you received an honor or an award and they put together this little surprise party for you. And oh my gosh, you just loving on him, sis. And you like, oh, that's my boo thing. Like he came through with the come through. But if we're honest, that love is a little easy, right? It's a little bit easy. So here's the scripture the Lord gave me for today. Luke 6, or the scriptures, Luke 6, 32 through 36. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why would you get credit? Or why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to other sinners for a full return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will truly be acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are are unthankful and wicked. I'm going to read that again. (laughs) For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Verse 36, you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. So I thought about my journey over the last 10 years and how the Lord literally used people to develop my character. It wasn't the people, again, like I stated, that I enjoyed being around or that I love. Because even they have challenges and can get on our nerves, right? Just like we can get on theirs. But it was the people who I could not tolerate. My flesh just wanted to react. And my flesh wanted to push them away. And my flesh even sometimes wanted to, to abort the season I was in. Because it was easier for me to just go, I can't deal with these people. I love this. Joyce Meyer has said this in the past, but I I love this so much. She said, stop asking God to use you and make you more like him. But then every time you step into work or you go to work, you fuss about the people who are around you that are not like Christ. Well, how do we think that we become more like Christ? It's only through the development of dealing with Hard to to deal with people, difficult people, people who really, if we're honest, are a mirror image of us in some ways. Maybe not all of them, but I'm always like, if you're irritated by someone, maybe you should look and see if you do that same thing. But even if you don't, even if you don't, there is a reason why God placed you in that place. One of my favorite leaders back home in Philly, Pastor Lester Brown, he said this before. He said, listen, God will place people in your path, in your life, who are like sandpaper. And they are literally buffering you. They are refining you. You know, when you rub sandpaper against something, it buffers it out. It fine tunes, like it refines it and gets it to that place you like. That's why a carpenter will use sandpaper when he's dealing with wood or he's dealing with um, a block of wood or something like that. He'll use the sandpaper. Honey, that is how God is. He will use people who are like sandpaper and they will keep on buffering you but this is what I love one of my favorite movies is the fight and temptations and I remember when Beyonce uh Beyonce's character Lily her name was Lily uh said this line 
in the movie to I cannot remember the woman's name who played the um just she was real evil choir director and she was envious of course of this young lady and judgmental and I remember Beyonce saying that her grandmother told her that people like that evil people will keep on rubbing up against you and they're going to end up ugly and worn out but you will come out shining and so obviously I'm not calling the people that God uses like sandpaper, ugly. I'm just saying <laughs> that people who God may place in your path, who are disgruntled, who are bitter, who are resentful, who treat you like they're your enemy. Even when I think about that passage, we have to remember wherever we see the word enemy in the word of God, it's not necessarily saying these people are like hardcore enemies. We think of enemy and of course we automatically think of the characteristics of Satan, which to be honest, they can exhibit that. But it's not to look at them like these horrible people. And if someone could be an enemy to you for the moment and then the next day, like that's not even what it was. But the enemy, because he can work through anyone and use anyone, they could end up feeling like an enemy. And then, of course, that verse does also apply or that passage rather to enemies. However, I want you to take inventory of your life and look at the people who are in your space, be it at work be it in your home, <laughs> um, be it wherever you spend the majority of your time, because that's usually where God is going to develop you the most. Look around you and that person who's been getting on your nerves all week, that person who's been frustrating you all week, that person who's literally rubbed you the wrong way every time they have spoken or done something. Maybe it's not that you're being easily irritated like 1 Corinthians 13 tells us not to be. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe it is just something that God is trying to, one, bring out of you so that your character will go up another level. And also, it could just be that the Lord is buffering you and you might be assigned to them in some capacity to help them overcome whatever they're dealing with. I think about how I worked at a credit union during the pandemic and, you know, 2020. And when I tell you that as someone who was an entrepreneur and who was self-employed and then the Lord sent her back to a full-time job and I hadn't worked a full-time job since 2016. So here it is like three and a half years later, cause I started in 2019 and God would send me back to this place. And if I'm honest, excuse me, if I'm honest, I'm like, okay, it was fun. I had always wanted to work in finance and banking. I wanted to try it for years. And so to be there, it was definitely dope. I mean, I don't, yeah, I'm not doubting that at all. The experience was amazing. And I spent, uh, what, about 14 months, 13 months there. Uh, but what I noticed, okay, is that it was probably some of the most intense character development I had ever experienced in my life. And I know that while I went into that place as an amazing woman of God who was definitely more mature than she'd ever been in her entire life, I'd allow God to do the thing that he does when he is really sharpening you. Even those times when I've been in isolation, or not isolation, seclusion rather, because God will pull us away just like he did Elijah, just like he did many of his prophets. Even Jesus you know, went to the wilderness by himself to pray. So I've had many seasons like that where God will develop my character as well. 
just by the crushing that takes place when you're anointed. But then there's also those times, of course, again, where God pushes you back out uh, on an assignment. And if I am honest, while it was the most trying spiritually, especially the most daunting, because to the first six months of working there, um, you know, it was pre-pandemic. And then the last six or seven months, it was during the pandemic. So it was very hard, very trying, very daunting at times, very dreadful. There were days I remember in January and February of 2020, I didn't even want to go to work um, because the spiritual battle and the spiritual warfare was that intense at work. But the Lord had developed me so greatly. When I look back over that period of time, I'm like, this is what God does. He, he has stretched me greatly in this area. And what I love is that because I allow God to give me depth and, and allow him to grow me, that's what makes my writing so amazing because my character development is one of the key things for me. I think all writers, we have like an area that's like our favorite. For me, character development is it. But we're going to talk about that after the commercial break. But I just wanted to throw that out there. But God will use adversity, hardships, whatever he needs to develop our character. When I think about even this last, the last 10 years of my journey and how trying and challenging it has been being assigned to the mountain of celebration and being assigned to Hollywood and being assigned to uh, writing, you know, as a gift. Uh, when I think about the hardships and the adversity that I have endured literally over 10 years, it reminds, I look back and I say, God, I don't think, in fact, I know I wouldn't be the woman of God that I am today had I not endured all those things. But the key was understanding that those hard times, those hard seasons, those difficult people were the key components of me being who I am. Me being this whole and healed, grounded, calm, patient, because Lord knows patience, I never thought would be a part of my vocabulary. And in fact, I'm still like, God, am I really patient? I praise you for that. You know, <laughs> But to be who I am today, those the things that I just listed and then so much more because it's not necessarily about me, but I'm inserting myself into the story because I can't tell you to allow God to put you in those difficult situations to develop your character with those difficult people and those difficult seasons. If I'm not sharing how I myself literally over 10 years have gone through this up and down mountains, then valleys and more valleys than mountaintop experiences, if I'm honest, those were the moments, though. And I remember being at the credit union at the bank or whatever. And I remember saying to, I cannot remember who I was talking to, but I said, I would literally do this again because this was the job where I had to, I was working around people. And this was the first time I had ever been in a space in my adult life I was outside of like an Olive Garden when I was a server or a job like that, but where I had been in a corporate setting where I was dealing with people day in and day out, not just the members, but my coworkers. But the Lord developed me so greatly because every time one of them did something that I was irked by, I would hear the Holy Spirit say, all right, and when you get home and you do your quiet time, ask me to remove that in you. Like the Holy Spirit was checking your girl. Okay. You hear my finger snaps, checking your girl. Like, 
<laughs> like, you know, and again, it's not to say that everything in that person is in you, but there's something, someone, it, God uses people who hold up this mirror to you. They're a mirror image and you really got to look at that. And I love that. That's where I, I get my self-awareness from and why is I have no issues sitting down with the Lord and doing a self-inventory like every month because I'm like, yo, if I'm not self-aware, then it's pointless to even consider uh, the it's pointless to me to try to encourage and motivate and inspire people, whether through a podcast or a YouTube video or my books or my writings, when I'm not even being the self-aware person that I like usually promote you know what I'm saying like I'm usually always like yo I love that person I love their glow up their healing their this so it's like no that's who I am Um, but allow God to do what he has to do don't run from it do not run from your development I promise you it's a reason that God is putting you through that and the one other gem I wanted to share before we go to commercial break is character development isn't easy, whether in life, in writing, whether it's in our cooking. You know how people say, oh, girl, that that pie or whatever you make your favorite dish or that top dish that you make that everybody loves, that thing got character. You know, when somebody say that about your cooking, it's amazing. Or even when we think about our favorite stylists or models, we can see the character even in their style. So it's not easy, period. It's not easy developing character character or creating this uh, space for your character to really shine and show through. But when we come back, I'm going to talk about the Storms of Love, my new book. I'm sorry if I said the Storms of Love. Uh, So we're going to talk about the writing portion. And of course, I got some gems, some life gems to share with you guys. But please stay tuned for life coaching and goal coaching with Maya Kay. I'll be right back. Are you ready to tap into your bravery and push past procrastination to accomplish your goals? Let's face this, sis. Even before 2020, you were struggling with accomplishing your goals. Well, I'm excited to announce my goal coaching program is now available in three different package options. That's right. I have something for every woman looking to conquer her goals and achieve real results. And guess what? We can get you started on your goals in just one month. They don't call me the launch coach for nothing. No more procrastination. Visit www.girlsanthem.biz today to sign up. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Maya Kate, and we are back. So for the writing portion of the podcast, I wanted to talk about a little bit about Storms of Love, my new romance, Christian romance novel that will be released on Valentine's Day 2022. Super excited. But I wanted to just talk a little bit about Ellie and Jeremiah. They are the lead characters. Ellie Ray McNeil is my female protagonist. And then there is Jeremiah Ray. They actually have the same middle name, just spelled differently. Jeremiah Ray Lewis. And what I loved about Ellie is when I was writing, I was like, she's a lot like me. She is a lot like me, but I love that because I wanted to give her this complexity and this depth. But what I loved is that I wanted to give her the complexity and depth that she deserved. I do not like surface characters. I don't like surface people. So, uh, oh Lord, y'all know I'm real. So it is what it is. We just going to leave that right there. Um, but I'm, if I'm honest, I mean, I love people because, you know, I have to as a believer and I say that sincerely, but if I'm honest, I don't like surface people. What I mean by that is people who are so surface level with everything in their lives. 
uh, that they just cannot even, there's no depth to them whatsoever, or they at least won't allow people to see that depth. Because I do believe people, all of us have a level of depth. So with Ellie, it was important for me to make sure that while she is this beautiful African-American woman who brings so much to the table with purpose and career and is just driven, I wanted to give her this complexity that she had fought for. Um, a lot of times with complex characters, we often, I remember someone sharing this with me before, that characters have to earn their right to be this emotional or earn their right to wear their heart on their sleeves. And that was back in 2013. And I, I took that with me. This was a fellow screenwriter um, that I was working with. And I took that with me because I said, that is true. I am naturally emotional and sensitive. Of course, that's leveled out greatly with my faith walk because, you know, obviously I'm able to be compassionate and empathetic. But what I had to realize is that because I'm so emotional and sensitive, it would often fall into my characters, which is not bad. But I'm like, make your characters earn the right to be this uh, broken or this complex or this difficult, whatever they're their highlighted character trait is make them earn this. And so with Ellie, she, I started her off. What I loved, what I loved about both, both of these characters is they were already walking and healing when they connected. And I did that on purpose because it takes a lot for people to work through healing. And sometimes when we read stories and it's great, I have my favorite romance novels, Christian romance novels mainly. And I love when we kind of show these characters in this like rough light, like, oh, show the roughness and then let the readers go on a journey with them, with the healing, through the healing. But with Ellie and Jeremiah, I did it a little differently. I wanted to show that they were where I am. To be honest, um, if we, if we're honest as writers, we do often put ourselves in our characters and we write from where we are. And I remember when the Lord, if you remember in last week's episode, I talked about how the Lord said to me that uh, I was different, that this time it was different. Me writing this book, even though I felt like, why do you keep calling me to Christian romance or to fiction, period, when none of my previous releases really garnered me the financial um setup that I was longing for and the Lord reveals to me like daughter this is different because you're different so I'm writing from a healed perspective now and I purposely created Ellie that way I feel like great characters and great books it does not have to be uh, these characters that are so just broken down that they don't um, how can I say this without, cause I love those characters too, but that they literally can still, you can see where someone is at the break point of their life where they, you can tell that they're, um, sensitive to people, that they're whole, that they love the Lord, like her walk with God, the way she responds to people, but she's still assertive. I loved all of that, but I said she still had growing to do. So what you'll get to see is how, while Ellie was definitely whole and healed at the start of the book you will see the triggers that come up and how she has to still fight to maintain her healing and her wholeness despite the fact that she is you know fell in love and she meets Jeremiah and there's just this amazing thing that happens between them but it's real and it's raw and then with Jeremiah what I loved is that I kind of did his development backwards 
and I didn't even realize that until I was preparing for this episode. Men are strong and, and and that's just it. It doesn't matter what their race is. Of course, Jeremiah is African-American as well. It doesn't matter what their race is. It doesn't matter what their social economic status is. I know that men are just strong. They are strong. We love our, our strong men and we appreciate you. But love. I have learned gets them to their weakness. Now we're not saying I'm not saying it to say like I just want it, you know, I we want to see your weakness, man. We need to see your weakness. But no, real love, this book is titled Storms of Love for a reason. Real love, as I stated, if you go to my website, writeamaya.com and you read the synopsis, real love is not it does not come riding in on a bed of roses, a box of chocolates, and fluffy I love yous on like this pillow, this cloud, like, oh, I love you, okay? They lied. Fabio lied. Like those little romance novels that had his flowing hair and this man with his shirt off, and he lied, okay? They lied. It is, that's not, that's not it. Love, storms of love. Love comes riding in on everything that you were always afraid would take place in your life when you have to be your most vulnerable, transparent, and raw self. That's what love. Love comes riding in and it breaks you open and your weaknesses are explored as well as your strengths, but your weaknesses are touched by that love. And that thing will shake you. It will break you. It will make you run from it and long for more of it at the same time. And so I started Jeremiah off kind of like men are strong you know he was pursuing her he's going after his boot thing you know and of course with them both being christians i love the purity of their relationship all the way to the end but he pursued her he was a gentleman and then there were things that started pricking him see women we're already naturally emotional and we're naturally open to sharing our hurts and pains because we are detailed we're nurturers at heart and so we'll go in with our like hurts and pains right <laughs> we'll be like yo so let me tell you what happened whereas with men we got to dig a little bit sometimes we got to ask the right questions we got to be able to hear from the Holy Spirit to be able to get into that man's heart, whether it's a brother of yours or a brother in Christ or or your husband. So I thought about how, man, his development kind of went backwards. And what I mean by that is he started off extremely, you know, strong. And then as she loved on him more, you know, they because listen, we're not the only ones that get blown away by love. Men are literally like, I never thought God, you know, could send me someone like you. I've heard men of God talk about their wives in that light. And so you kind of get to see him and throughout the book go through like these moments where he's like, yo, I didn't even realize I had a weakness there until she came along. But it's not about that love pointing out your weakness. It's just that's what real unconditional raw unadulterated love does that's what jesus love does right now no we're not jesus but when we have the lord on the inside of us as we do if we're believers and we're really serious about our walk that thing reflects on the outside that's why even when jesus says you know love god love the lord your god with all your heart all your mind and all your soul and then love your neighbor as you love yourself that's why that's one of the first and greatest commandments because the lord knows when we get hit with his love that's how we're able to love those enemies 
that I talked about in the beginning, right? That's how we're able to pour into people who are difficult because the love of God changed us and transformed us from the inside out. So this is why sometimes just now this is for free. It's not even in my notes, right? <laughs> but this is why sometimes when you are loving that difficult coworker, you know, if you're just a woman, I'm just speaking to my, my audience, but if you, you're at work and you have a difficult coworker, it could be a, a female or male. Um, but if you, you'll notice that the more you stay who you are and you let that love reflect on the outside of you, the love of God that's on the inside of you manifest on the outside of you, you will notice that if someone really wants to change, you'll see a, a curve. You'll see something start to happen where they, they will start to kind of lean into that. They will start to be different. They will start to, um, I noticed like one thing, I'll give an example from my, my story with the bank, how, um, when I started to, like I would serve, uh, sometimes in the capacity of even when I was going through the warfare and I was going through persecution at work, I bought in breakfast. And I'll let me tell y'all, the North Philly girl and me doesn't wouldn't have done that. Like, nah, like I'm not bringing these these people breakfast. Like, nah, like I mean, I could keep praying for them and walk in love, and I ain't going to snap on them. But nah, I ain't going out my way. But see, this goes back to Luke six thirty two through thirty six. I didn't even realize I had matured that much in that area because my flesh didn't want to. But the Lord had me bring in breakfast a couple of Saturdays, and what that did was it creates a tone. To say the more you do what God tells you to do in the area of love, it will be reciprocated. Maybe not to that capacity or even from those same people. But the Lord can move in that person's heart to even feel convicted with the way they were treating you. And then they turn around and then start to kind of honor and serve you. And you was like, wait, you know, you, you're kind of blown. And that happened with me. Um, the very same, some of the same people that persecuted me when I had my last day was was upset that they did not give me a proper going off which for me I, I know how to leave out the back door you know what I mean I know when God transitions me I don't need anything but that was kind of the standard for where I worked especially because I worked at headquarters so you know some of the very same people who had persecuted me was kind of like that was corny how they did this and I'm like it's okay God bless them I'm out you know like I know how to leave well so it's all good so I just I just threw that in there because that is what real love does it taps into your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities not to make fun of them or to mock the weaknesses and vulnerabilities but to I would say to give you the assurance that it's okay to have that weakness and vulnerability. But if you let my love and if you let my love couple with what God, you know, with God's love and what God tells me to do, because you're my assignment, even your spouse, you're the person you're courting, they are your assignment. If you let my love, I would love to help that become a strength for you. And it's not so much that that's said. You know, we, we, we don't know any couples, at least I don't, who that they use those exact words. But that's the whole reality when God brings two amazing people together who are whole and healed. Um, their love, their union, their connection will actually improve their healing because you're never, it's never like you're just done. Healing is a lifelong journey, it's just different levels of it. You go to different levels of healing. 
And I believe real godly ordained marriage, when two whole and healed people come together, their healing goes up another level because the love that God placed on the inside of them to give to their mate, it just allows for those weaknesses and vulnerabilities to be brought to the surface in a different light and for that person to be able to place their love on it and love on you through it to let you know, listen, I can handle this. I can handle that weakness. I can handle your heart. Um, I understand maybe some of those old, you know, those old cats wasn't able to do it. The cats from your past. And for the ladies, you know, you might say, look, bro, I got you. Like, I don't know who she was and what she did, but the Lord has graced me and anointed me to be able to do this. So you guys are going to love Ellie and Jeremiah. I promise you, you will. The last portion, life. Life, life, life. Here's just a few gems I want to share. Lean into the circumstances that God has placed you in. Let whatever needs to be done in you be done. When I tell you there were times I really was trying to abort my seasons. And if I did not learn, I learned this, I would say 2013 when I was in Korea. I taught for a year. From August 2012 to August 2013 in South Korea, I taught English. And that was where I understood why Philippians 4, 6 through 7, you know, be anxious for nothing. That was where God really confronted the anxiety that I dealt with for years and where I really got a chance to break free from that. Well, it started breaking free. And then by the time I came home. I really understood the depths of what the Lord was trying to do. And I learned to lean into those circumstances that God placed me in. This is what you're going to have to do. Do not run from it. We all experience anxiety. Even your favorite therapist's favorite therapist experiences anxiety. So it's a part of life, but it doesn't have to be a part of every fiber of your being. It doesn't have to take over your mind and your emotions. And when it creeps up, that's why we have the word and we have therapy, right? But it's important to understand that when you lean into the process of what God is doing, you will get to see the glory. Don't abort it. Don't give up because I promise you, he didn't send the difficulty or the adversity to hurt you or to damage you or to tease you or to make you think your dreams are just gonna stay dreams he has a work to do in you and in order for him to develop that character in you you gotta let it be done and the second gem is the greatest character development you will ever work on is your own it is your own for my writers out there I promise you the greatest character development you will ever work on is your own the difference is as a writer we hold the pen to create our characters and to walk them through character development and create these amazing character arcs so they fight for what they need and fight for what they are longing for in the book whatever the goal is but the Lord holds the pen to our story so you gotta let him have it let him have his way so lastly, don't allow people or the enemy to promote you beyond your character. I need you to understand that the enemy, if he has his way, will promote you beyond your character. And that means that sometimes when we're trying to rush out of those seasons or when you feel this angst and you're anxious and you're trying to force and manipulate something to happen or manipulate an outcome, that is the enemy. God is peace. 
He is in the peace. If you don't have that, then you got to backtrack and say, what have I allowed to happen? It could even be people. Think about your favorite aunties when you go home for the holidays or maybe your least favorite auntie <laughs> who says, girl, when are you going to get married and have a baby? Nah, I'm not letting you, your timeline, society, their timeline, or the enemy and his punk ways sit here and try to get me to be promoted beyond my character. The enemy would have loved to have sent me to Hollywood straight out of college where I would have probably have a screwed up reputation by now and where I probably would have damaged many people along the way. Yeah, I'm that self-aware. Okay, so don't let anyone, specifically the enemy, promote you beyond your character. This is why we see in the world today so many kings and queens. When I say kings and queens, I'm acknowledging all humanity. Um, but so many kings and queens, so many men and women who have been demoted, who have fallen from grace, not just believers. I'm not just talking about in the church, those leaders as well, but whether government, whether politics, whether, um, well, government politics is the same or whether in, uh, social services, whether in entertainment, we are seeing people fall because for some, they did allow the enemy to promote them beyond their character. This, a, there's a reason, and we're going to talk about that next week, actually, Joseph, there's a reason why Joseph went through what he went through and me and my girls this uh past week my girls were here they're actually still here in Atlanta um and so we hung out on uh, the other night we were playing Martin trivia it was a blast but one of the verses we've been standing on and we've been loving so much um which I'm going to read really quick since I'm talking about it is Psalm 105 and 19 and it talks about how the Lord purged Joseph's character until it was time and I'm reading it. I'm going to read it straight through. Psalm 105 and 19 in the New Living Translation. Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Let the Lord do what he has to do. Joseph became second in command because the Lord could trust his character. And that's because the Lord knew what he had done in him. All right. So for my writers, when you're crafting your story, whether it be, oh, well, for, this is for anybody, it's not just writers. When you're crafting your story, whether it be a written story or your life story, be sure to create characters who don't run from their development, but who lean into it. All right, guys, that is it. I have fun with you guys today. So you know how it goes. If you need my help in any area. You sign up for my news newsletters. I have the author newsletter link will be in the details. And I also have my girls anthem newsletter for anyone who desires a goal coaching or life coaching. Make sure you check out all the things that I offer and the new book Storms of Love is coming. February 2022. <laughs> um, I, I'll just say Valentine's Day. That's the day the Lord gave me. And I believe I'm going to, of course, be able to do that. Um, but just know it'll be February either way. And if you want to support any of my past releases, specifically my latest book before this book, the one that came out last year, Warring for My Girls, We Pray Together, We Slay Together. It's a 30-day devotional with 30 days of prayer and some stories and some scriptures to get you through your trying seasons with your friends. All right. I love you guys so much. Be blessed. Stay safe out there and make sure you keep God first always. I'll hear you. I'll hear you. I'll see you or I'll speak with you next week. Love you.